0: Right? Now? Yes, right! Are you sure? Yes, I'm... Oh, it's left! Turn left! Sorry, I had the screen lock on. Thank you. Cue the office chair through glass. What are you waiting for? I'm jumping out a window. So, I am admittedly recording this when I am three drinks deep on crown apple and cranberry juice. I'm sitting here and I'm watching Mission Impossible: Fallout for the second time since I saw it in theaters, and I'm having these thoughts about different things that I didn't appreciate uh, as much the first time I saw it in theaters as I am now watching it again. Already knowing the story, I can pay attention to tinier details, which is something that I feel like we can all do when you watch rewatch a movie. Um, you start to see things that you didn't notice before, or didn't appreciate, or pay attention to, or Whatever the case may be. I have a couple thoughts on this film so far that I tweeted, which is why I decided to record this, because I'm just ready to start recording. As I'm working on the podcast, that was the first idea I felt passionate about, and this is also something that just excites me. The first two thoughts I had about this particular film as I rewatch it. One of the coolest scenes in this movie happens really early and it's the scene where alec baldwin and angela bassett are going back and forth about like who's going to get their way as far as this particular mission goes um and how ethan fucked up and all that good stuff what do you think you're doing erica it may be your mission but this is the cia's plane it doesn't take off without my say so we need reliable intelligence and we need it now This scenario is precisely why the IMF exists. The IMF is Halloween, Alan. A bunch of grown men in rubber masks playing trick-or-treat. And if he had held on to the plutonium in Berlin, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And his team would be dead. Yes, they would. That's the job. And that's why I want one of my own men on the scene. To appraise the situation. Agent Walker, special activities. His reputation precedes. You use a scalpel, I prefer a hammer. My man goes, where no one goes. What I really think was dope about that scene is uh, what makes it also uh, one of the best scenes of, of 2018, in my opinion, is the fact that it's Angela Bassett and Alec Baldwin, two acting Titans going back and forth. In particular, my favorite aspect of that scene is the fact that Angela Bassett won and that she was the one that was essentially like more righteous in that particular moment. Um, And she was the one that was correct and he was wrong. And it was just kind of dope to see a black woman uh, defeat a white man on screen in a verbal game of, Whose dick is bigger? I rewatched the bathroom scene, which is the fight scene towards the beginning of the movie, uh, where Henry Cavill and Tom Cruise team up and they're kicking ass together, which is a dope concept in itself um, with those two particular actors. Um, and I really appreciated the third most important person in that scene, which. Is the guy they're fighting, uh, which is an Asian gentleman by the name of Liang Yang. Um, and my statement that I tweeted was uh, a couple pictures of Liang Yang. And I said, This is Liang Yang. He was a bona fide badass in the bathroom fight scene. And I high key need more of him in action. Literally one of the best action scenes of 2018 and he's straight fire and all with no dialogue by the way so like he's a stuntman who was kicking the shit out of henry cavill and tom cruise right unknown guy kicking the shit out of these two and made it look dope and he didn't say a single word that's fucking incredible in itself Uh, So the next thought I had as they started talking more and more about Solomon Lane, uh, remembering more about that character as they talk, Um, if I'm not mistaken. I know he was in the last Mission Impossible, and I believe that one in particular was called Rogue Nation. Um, But anyways, they're talking more about about Solomon Lane. And so my second thought so far was uh, that Solomon Solomon Lane is probably... One of my most hated villains of all time. (laughs) He's the worst of the worst. And probably towards the top of the list of things that makes this film so great. That first interaction between Ethan and Solomon in the car where Ethan finally pulls the mask off of him is so funny. Because here's this evil fucker sitting in your passenger seat, right? and you want to kill him yourself because you've been in the situation where you captured him instead of killing him and now he's become a nuisance to the world again and now you're trying to protect him from a woman that you really care about who is trying to kill him and you don't even know why she's trying to kill him so and ethan's situation like that scenario is fucked in itself right like that has to be like the craziest thing that that particular character has gone through at this point or one of the craziest things or one of the most ironic things maybe instead of craziest because we are talking about ethan hunt here so that was that that part was crazy but also to think about the fact that solomon thought that like it was okay to crack a joke in that moment (laughs) well that was elsa that was interesting. Like that was just I don't know. I thought it was really funny the second time around. The first time around I was so pissed to see his face that I didn't appreciate it, but that line was actually really hilarious to me. So, I just witnessed the second nightmare dream sequence, however you want to say, um where Ethan is having these dreams. And Solomon is literally at the center of them. Um, And how, well, Solomon and his ex-girlfriend, fiance, I can't really remember at this particular moment, but they were supposed to get married. And I do know that Um, and would have been married had his life, Ethan's life not been so nuts. But anyways, um, I am now. I just witnessed the second one and i feel like i need to now try and figure out like a connection between them i know obviously well not obviously but here's what i'll say i think at this particular point where there's two of them and i've seen what happens in each one i feel like the connection is that solomon and his ex-girlfriend's wife and i'll come up with her name at some point during one of these particular section recordings and i'll add it in but um Solomon and his ex-girlfriend last ex-wife they are probably his two biggest regrets which totally makes sense in the grand scheme of things like what are we like five movies in on this no we're more than that I think this is six anyways being so deep into this series with this particular character he is very very clearly like he's gonna have some regrets in his life right and two of his biggest ones is probably losing the love of his life because of his lifestyle, and basically choosing um, his career essentially, um, and saving the world over what could have just been simple happy, a simple normal life of happy, with happiness. Um, yeah, just something that I found really interesting and again another epiphany that I just had watching those sequences the second time so now I'm at the scene where Tom Cruise's character Ethan Hunt leaves Henry Cavill's Walker uh, down in the tunnel wherever they were underground with Solomon and he wakes him up and he's gonna break him out all that good stuff right and like i had this thought in my head initially when i watched it but i truly don't remember but now for sure i can confirm that i had this thought of like did anyone fucking believe him when he went back to angela bassett's character and talked to her and about all this evidence he has that ethan was this mysterious character um it just it just didn't make sense, right? Like we know Ethan Hunt pretty well at this point. I just didn't know who it was because I was so blinded by um the fact that it could have been him that I could not even think about who it might have been instead, which again, another interesting aspect to this film. It truly fucked me up and caught me completely off guard when Henry Cavill made the realization that Benji was sitting there in a Solomon Lane mask (laughs) because he started to make the Halloween comment about the IMF and then he went and ripped it off and it was actually Benji. Truly fucked me up. That they realized that he was the one who was playing both sides was a double agent basically. Um, He is in Henry Cavill's character and that they made a plan to call him out for that shit and acted on it so quickly. Like, I don't know where in the, they had the time to even come up with that and come to that realization. It was just incredible. So in the scene when Ethan and his team first get to the medical camp and him and Julia come into contact with each other, she realizes that he's there. Um, and then her new guy slash, uh, Partner in the medical camp walks over and they're just kind of having this conversation and ethan is pretending that they used to work together and that that's their only relationship and the guy is literally like walking them through explaining why julia and him were there ended up being there like why their medical camp was moved there um and it was all and Solomon's plan to bring Julia there because he wanted to punish Ethan and have her and him both be there for basically the end of their lives and the end of one third of the world's population's lives for that matter. And so a lot of times what they do with these scenes is they make it too obvious. They make the explanation way too obvious. I think the way that they did this reveal was really creative in making it this conversation um, where two out of three people know exactly what's going on and come to the same realizations, but the third person is doing the most talking, <laughs> and he's the one that's basically telling them exactly what's going on uh, with his dialogue. And that that's not something that you see often in films. Um, it's not very common, and I just think that was really creative. And what's even crazier is that Ethan is also now getting caught up on where Julie been, getting caught up on her life, despite the fact she she sends the signal out and lets him know where she is, like, he's getting caught up on, like, where she's been, exactly, exactly what she's been doing, like, and then he has that line of, I'm happy for you, and there's so, there's so many complexities to that, as her ex-husband, who's now meeting her new guy, and also simultaneously learning that not only is she alive and well, but she's doing what she wants to be doing and she's she's found some happiness in her life uh, despite you know know, not being with presumably the love of her life and Ethan then at the end of that conversation he apologizes for bringing the danger back into her life I can't imagine the emotional roller coaster that he's been going through throughout this entire mission and for it to all come to heat at this moment where he realizes that despite trying to avoid putting her in danger and then breaking up in order to avoid that, that's exactly what he ends up, what ends up happening. Damn, son. (laughs) So I just paused at the scene where, uh, after Ethan basically breaks onto the helicopter and he throws both guys out, which was funny in itself. And also he was beating a ass and shot the dude without shooting the helicopter down, which is nuts. Um, and, (laughs) and then they all like, how are you in a helicopter? You can fly a helicopter. What did you say? Helicopter? What are you doing in a helicopter? Do you copy? Ethan, uh, Ethan, where are you? I'm in a helicopter going after Walker. Bro, hold on. How did you get in the helicopter? What, you can fly a helicopter? Did you say helicopter? What the hell are you doing in a helicopter? Did, did you just, hey, hey, did you find the other bomb? What? That shit was just like, it was so funny. And I think one of the things that make these movies work so well is that they acknowledge that Ethan Hunt is a hunt is a nut, is a nut job uh and he does crazy shit that somehow magically works i think that all the other characters acknowledging that is really funny and they all know it and so they just let they follow him because of that reason they they allow him to lead the team um without asking any questions um because he's willing to do whatever it takes which is really awesome characteristic um with that character and then also it's just funny whenever they check him and they're so confused. Because this, is, this all comes about like three minutes after Benji, which is Simon Pegg's character, says. Uh, <laughs> he says, I find it best not to look. You know, in reference to uh, when Ethan is making a call or figuring it out. Flying by the seat of his pants in order to get the job done. And then there's this crazy moment <laughs> uh, where Ethan realizes how he can stop Walker's helicopter with the payload. (laughs) He's just nuts. Like the fact that he thinks of these things on the fly, decides they're okay and just does them and makes it work. I just, it's mind boggling every single film. And I feel like it just keeps getting even crazier. (laughs) Payload, how do I get rid of this payload? So this doesn't really count as me saying something that I missed during the first viewing of this film. (laughs) But when Ethan decides, when Ethan decides to play Bumper Helicopter, (laughs) when Walker decides to make the comment of this crazy son of a bitch is trying to ram us, he is all of us. This crazy son of a bitch is trying to ram us! Go! like <laughs> he is the crowd like that was literally all of us watching this film and saying that because it's funny i literally found myself saying the same thing again and not remembering that he he had that line at all until he said he repeated it henry cavill's walker undoubtedly had one of the coolest deaths in a film uh at least for 2018 i don't want to say ever um but that was a pretty cool way to go out. And I did not notice that they foreshadowed that by showing us like a really close-up shot of that red hook that was hanging out of the plane. Um, or I guess that was the payload hook, if I'm not mistaken. But they showed us a really close-up shot of that, I don't know, like two minutes before the hook ended up in his face. Uh, and Yeah, I did not notice that before. It's really dope. So during that closing scene, the last one in the medical camp where Ethan is in the hospital bed and recovering, um, I'm wondering now if Julia's new husband knew or it had been revealed to him, like, you know, Ethan's true identity and, like, what he was really doing there. uh, Because, of course, he played along, but it sounded like he was Sarcastically playing along and not being serious, um, so that and then the other thought I had this time around is that I realized that this scene is like an incredible culmination of all of these films, like it brings a lot of things full circle. Um, you know Julia acknowledges that she 's happy, which makes Ethan happy, and then she also acknowledges that they made the right decision um. And splitting up so that he could be there for these kinds of moments saving the world. Which brings back that whole point that Luther was making er, to Ilsa earlier in the movie. Um, about why they split up. Which is just crazy dope. And also I think when it comes to sequels. like They don't always do a good job of creating this culmination uh, this summary of all of the previous films uh, sometimes they feel standalone or just like a continuation But some of the themes from the previous films aren't revisited in those subtle ways in order to make those points um, and to develop those characters further so just some general thoughts as I finish watching the movie um, watching this movie in theaters for the first time and feeling like Jeremy Renner's character was missing and that that was kind of negative on the film and that he was kind of like this hole that was missing and uh after rewatching it I do not feel the same way like I feel like they did a good job of bringing back the additional team members that matter um and doing it well and they all delivered um And it worked really well together like they had everyone that they needed at the different stages of the film including you know alec baldwin um when they caught walker in the act i think that the concept of a cohesive series whether it's on tv or film isn't always delivered well and i think uh in this sixth installment of the mission impossible films it was delivered very, very well. Um, you know, that's just not a super easy thing to do, and to make it so simple and easy and do it within the matter of uh, that scene was what maybe three, four minutes. It's just really cool to see, as someone who's a fan of all these films has seen all of them multiple times and will continue to watch them. Um, but what I will admit, though, is that. When I watched this film the first time, I thought that this is going to be the end of the series, and I was happy with that. And when I watched it the second time, I remembered that thought, and I felt the same way. But I then also now, thinking about it again, now knowing that there's going to be two more films, and that those two films are coming in... 2021 and 2022 um i now feel like they kind of left the door open a lot more than i initially thought with that final scene and again that really good combination of all the films they left the door open to a lot of possibilities the whole the band is back together julia's alive like there's no telling like what direction they'll take those two films and as long as uh, you have your core cast, especially Tom Cruise, Like you know, as long as he doesn't go hurting himself in another film, because <laughs> it's possible because he's crazy and does all his own stunts, um, as long as you have all the right pieces in place, i say go for it. Um, I think the fact that these films have only gotten smarter and better um, is pretty astounding when you really think about that. That's not something that's common in action films, especially when they go this long. Um, you know, the Harry Potter series is one that I can think of that does a really great job, and j- they continuously, in my opinion, got better. Um, whereas on the other side, as much as I love all the Fast and Furious films, I would say quality-wise, um, they haven't necessarily pushed the envelope. They haven't necessarily moved, progressed and gotten better. Um, I think quality-wise, they've gotten a little bit crazy. gotten a little bit worse and they also have just gotten like a little bit crazier with the stunts and the things that they do but that's why i love it i enjoy those films for that reason and um you know i can talk about those films on another episode i guess but um but that's just another example on the other side of the coin in my opinion so overall i would say that mission impossible fallout the sixth film in this series was the best one which is just again shocking. Um <laughs> and I think they did a really good job with the, with the combination of the story. I think the development was really strong. Uh world world building and conti- building continuing to build on what they had already done in the first five films was and more particularly um referencing the last two um, was done really well. Um and I think I'm very interested to see where they go from here, what direction they take it, and um, what they deliver to us in 2021 and 2022. I think it'll be interesting to see films 7 and 8. And I honestly, I hope that they just keep getting better. I hope that the quality keeps improving and that um, they, in those respective years, they end up being two of the best films of the year, just like Fallout was for 2018. Um, And I'm not, and I didn't say best films, action films, because I watch all different types of films all the time and uh, I literally think that this is one of the best films last year I thoroughly enjoyed it the first time and uh, the fact that I'm recording this right now should say that I enjoyed it even more the second time Um, because literally this film was the inspiration behind me starting this show podcast however you want to look at it or however i decide to treat it moving forward i have no idea what this is going to look like but um... i'm excited to continue doing this if you have any ideas for films that i could discuss or you would like to hear me discuss uh... send me a tweet uh... you can find me at heart-sleeved lb that's heart-sleeved so s-l-e-e-v-e-d l-b my initials um, on twitter so yeah just send me a tweet Let me know what you'd like me to discuss. Uh, And also, you know what? While we're at it, use the hashtag, too. Um, Let's make a hashtag out of this thing so that I can keep track of conversations. So let's go with hashtag WhiskeyWIM. Let's get connected. Let's have some conversation and let me know your thoughts on some of the comments that I make. And, again, if you have any suggestions for films you'd like to hear me discuss, I'm happy to at least consider them. Um... Please let me know what those are and uh, hit me up on Twitter. Thanks for listening. It'll be out.